2018, for some of you, it was the best year ever. Anybody have a baby this year? Anybody get married? Anybody graduate? Buy a new house? Start a new job? Those are great things. Might be one of the worst years for you. But we've gathered together, focus our attention on the God who does not change. We're going to ask two portions of Scripture to guide our thoughts this morning. Because we're going to direct our attention first to God, and then we're going to direct our attention to people. God passage is Psalm 126. Let me read it for you. Would you do me a favor? Would you stand as I read these verses? Stand in anticipation of what the Spirit of God may be wanting to say to you and stand in respect and reverence to God's Word. When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, we were like men who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Lord, we stand in respect of you, your word, We are grateful for the gift of the Scriptures, the process superintended by the Holy Spirit, preserved for us, Father, over the centuries. We stand, Father, in anticipation of hearing from you. I ask that what happens in the next few minutes would be clearly from you. Protect these dear people, Father, from something I might say that is an incorrect application or interpretation of the Scriptures. Lord, we need to hear from you. We need your Spirit to be our teacher. And with that, Father, we, we look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. This portion of Scripture is called a Song of Ascent. One of two reasons, we're not told exactly why, but one is that when the pilgrims were going to Jerusalem, they had to go uphill, so they were ascending. Another, it was a song that was sung, an actual song that was sung when they were, uh, one explanation I should say, is when they were going up the steps into the temple. Music has the ability to capture our hearts and our minds. We have to be incredibly careful about the music we listen to, for it has the ability to pass the filters that we have, and so we need to be very, very, very cautious about the words of music. If I wanted to get really controversial, I'd start talking about, don't worry about the style of music, but I'm not going to go there this morning. Let's focus on what we know is true, and let's focus on the words. So as they were Approaching God, this song helped them focus their thoughts. 
Uh, the notes that I have say think, and it should be think, T-H-A-N-K, my bad, I apologize. But to thank God and praise God, you must recognize his hand. What is necessary is for you to look around. In our journey of life, and you're going to see me walk across the stage this way uh, more than once this morning, and we're all on a journey. We're going from where we are to where we're going. Ultimately, we're going to eternity. If we know Christ as Savior, if we have trusted Him and Him alone, then we can with confidence know that our eternity is heaven. Because Christ died in our place. And when we trust Him, we're on this journey. And on this journey, we're not just going from here to there or from now to then. We are growing. We are in a process. And it's a journey. And so as we're on this journey, we need to be looking around to see God. Because often... In my life, and I'm assuming you aren't a whole lot different than me, is that I get so focused on what's right here, the fun I'm having or the difficulty I'm having, and, and I'm just focused right here, that I, that I forget to, to kind of, oh, yeah, oh, there's God. There's God working. We need to be aware of God. We have to recognize His hand. Deuteronomy 4, 9 says, Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest you depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and to your grandchildren's children. Do you understand that as you move on this journey, you have a responsibility. You are the representative of Jesus, God, to the people around you, and particularly your family. So you need to be aware. So you can say, this is God. There was God. Did you see God there? God is bigger than any challenge you will ever face. Individually, as a family, or as a church. And God will always be loving and always be good. But here's the problem. We define loving and good by our own standards. Oh, that was a good meal. I have been in many cultures where they put the very best food forward, and I am gagging it down. I do not like it. To me, it's not a good meal, but to them, it's the best they had to give. See, good at good at, we have to be careful about our criteria for good and loving. There was a young man in the church where I served. Good-looking, sharp guy. Went off to college. Little college northeast of here, you've probably heard of it, Malone. He goes to Malone. His parents take him like all parents do with that freshman year and, and got him set up in his room and all the stuff and got him what he needed and got his books and everything. And he was sitting pretty and they drove off and in their mind he's going to get an education. 
and they're going to pay for it. It's a nice deal if you can find it. Well, the first semester, semester was over, and he and they got a letter from the dean's office at Malone. Don't come back. His grades were so poor that Malone considered him a waste of space, even though he was paying for everything like everybody else. His parents pick him up. Not a happy occasion. And they're loading up his stuff, and his father goes to the books there and opens them up. And if you ever bought a new book and you open it up and it has that crack, okay, the books had never been opened for the entire semester. They bring him home. The next several months, he worked at McDonald's paying back every nickel his parents had forked out for him to go to Malone. He wasn't given a car. He was, he was, he was room and board, but he got up. Somebody took him to work, and he worked flipping burgers until he paid off the entire bill. Do you think he thought that was good? Do you think he thought that was fun? No. I know this because the young man is my son-in-law, who is now a college graduate, a project supervisor for an architectural firm one of the most disciplined, responsible men I have ever seen in my life because of good parenting that he thought was demeaning, harsh, unnecessary. God is a good parent. And what he does in your life and mine, we may not at the time think for a second that it's good. But it is because God is always good. And what he defines and how he does it defines it as good. So be looking for that in your life. This past year... There were a number of our fellowship who finished their journey. And they left this chapter of their life and went into the next. We call that dying. People that you know, people that you love, People who were God's gift to you. 
And when God took them into his presence, it was a good thing. Maybe not something we really enjoyed from our side of the perspective. Dick Osgood, Donna Strandridge, Jason Davis, Ron McQuillan, Dick Berry, Odetta Slayers, George Leaf, Karen Payne, Florence Brothers, Don Smith, Bob Sparks, Lois Eaton, Lois Humbert. God's good gift. If you're going to be able to say thank you to God, if you're going to be able to praise God, you've got to look around. You see, God is not about making us happy, but making us holy. So it's you need to stop. You need to value, and you need to understand the importance of turning around and looking. God has called us to be salt and light. He has called us to be disciples maker, disciple makers. He has called us to win the lost. And to win the lost, you must recognize God has put into your world. These are people you have to look for. We look around to see God's hand, God's signs. We have to look for the people God brings into our lives. Jesus said the harvest is plentiful. Jesus was looking around. Jesus saw people as sheep without a shepherd. People lost, helpless and hopeless. Even people who ruthlessly attacked him. Who unjustly accused him. He was still looking at them through eyes of compassion and grace. We need to look for those people. Acts chapter 17, verses 26 and 27, uh, two verses I just delight in. And he, God, made from one man, Adam, every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. Allotted periods has to say with, with the time that they were there. The boundaries of their dwelling place are simply where they are. Do you understand that every human being, every single one of us, are right where God wants us, when God wants us there? You had no say in when you were born. None. You weren't even a footnote in that decision-making. 
You had nothing to do with the era, the time in history that you live. Some of us wish we were mountain men. Okay? We, 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 like, we like to live then. Uh, some people wish we were... You, you, you fantasized. Well, maybe you haven't, but, but I have. Uh, about living in another time in history. I didn't pick that. Why did God put you, me, here, now? Well, the verse tells us that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward Him and find Him, yet He is actually not far from each one of us. God has strategically placed everybody that you have ever seen right there. And so as you are moving through your life journey, look around to see God. Look for the people that God has brought into your life that He wants you to touch, that He wants to use you to be the instrument of His grace. He has given you the ministry of reconciliation. Let me suggest to you that that includes your family. It includes your neighbors, your classmates, your teammates, people at work. Wherever you are, there are those people. You have to look for them. Ask God to give you his heart and mind to see people the way he does. And then you will be able to be the instrument of his grace and mercy that he wants you to be. Otherwise, you're going to go through life and you're going to bump into people and you're going to think it's just, you know, an accident. Willy-nilly, helter-skelter. But it's by God. By God's good hand. So, to thank and praise God, you must recognize His hand. To win the loss, you must recognize those God has put into your world. And finally, to disciple and equip believers, you must recognize those who are willing. The Apostle Paul, in writing in Romans chapter 14... He's talking about what are called disputable matters. Those are non-moral and non-doctrinal issues. There are pieces of our lives that doctrine is very clear about, and that is we just believe it, accept it, yield to it, or we reject it. We 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 don't debate it. We don't dispute it. There are parts of our lives that are governed by God's morality. 
And, th and there's things that, that we don't necessarily like, but we don't really talk about them if we're going to be godly. We just seek God's help in bringing our lives into conformity with God's clear moral teaching. We're not talking about moral teaching or doctrinal teaching. We're talking about everything else. And in the church at Rome, where the Apostle Paul is, to whom he's, he's writing, they had a particular local current controversy. And it had to do with the eating of meat offered to idols. None of us talk about that. We don't think about that. But the principle are, are clear. We need to be ruthless in understanding that when it comes to things that are disputable matters, like worship style, which football team you really like. I know you don't believe that, but just trust me on that. By the way, root for the Browns today because if, if, they, if they win, if they win... And the Steelers win, the Steelers are in. Uh, but uh, root for the Browns. They're playing the Ravens. Who likes the Ravens? Who likes Baltimore? Nobody. Uh, but, uh, but those are disputable matters. See, you're moaning and groaning. See, uh, that's a disputable matter. Who cares? I mean, we can talk and laugh about it. It's not that important. But there's so many other things in our lives that we get caught up with. We get caught into, uh, drawn into. But this is, this is part of the summary in verses 17, 18, and 19 of Romans 14. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Paul, talking to young Timothy, said, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Here's what this looks like. You are on your journey from where you are to whenever God takes you out. And as you walk on this journey, this spiritual journey, I want you to realize whenever, if you stop, there is always, always, always going to be people behind you. People who are not as far along in their spiritual journey as you are. They may be younger than you are. They may be older than you are. There's all kinds of descriptions we can make of these people, but in your spiritual journey, you are ahead of them. If you are a 12-year-old this morning and you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are in front of other people. If you're 15, you're in front of other people. Now, there's always people in front of you. doesn't matter how old you are. If you know Christ, you're in front of somebody. You need to turn around and look at them and think about them and be burdened for them 
and ask questions like, how can I help them? Because this is the problem that all of us face. We're on this journey, and we're going down this way, and we're thinking about ourselves. We're thinking about what I would like. We're thinking about what church should be like to make me happy. We're thinking about what kind of classes and times and what people should look like and dress like and how they cut their hair and do they have tats and all that kind of stuff because it's what we think. We need to stop, 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 turn around and look at the people behind us. Because who is going to minister to them? And many of the people behind you are so far down the line that they don't even know Jesus. Who is talking about them? Have you ever heard anybody in a church business meeting at Berean Baptister step and say, what about the people who aren't here who don't know Jesus? Why aren't we talking about them why are we talking about what we like and we want and we're not talking about them? I was told there was a time in this church where people said, we're going to do something phenomenal for students. And we're going to create a, a place for them. That was this kind of stopping and turning around. That's a hallelujah. That's a good one. But we never can lose that. And so as we are on our journey, individually and collective, going down this road, and we're looking at Jesus, and we're trying to cooperate with the Spirit of God, and we're learning, and we're growing, and we're being transformed into the image of Christ, we've got to turn around and look behind us. How do we help that person? How do we reach that person? How are we the instrument that God wants us to be? We are looking around to see what God is up to. We are celebrating him. We are honoring him. We are allowing ourselves to be touched by him, and we're defining good by his standards, not ours. We are looking for the people that God has strategically, sovereignly put into our lives so that we can be a witness of who Jesus is. And then we are turning around and we are looking at the people behind us. The people that don't have the maturity that we have. The people in Paul's day who were hung up on eating meat offered to idols. Apostle Paul said, that's meaningless. But we're going to live our lives concerned for them. We're going to ask ourselves, how can we help them? And we're going to give up the freedom of eating the meat. It was good meat, nothing wrong with it. But we're going to, we're going to change for them. Nothing wrong with wanting what you want. Not a thing. Nothing wrong with wanting what you want when you want it. Not a thing wrong with that. Assuming it's not in the, into the doctrinal moral issues. What is wrong is demanding that everybody want what you want when you want it. That becomes the problem. Oh, I know it's true. If, if everybody thought the way I thought, life would be so much better. It wouldn't be, but I'd like to think that once in a while. Got to turn around. 
we're at the end of 2018. God's been at work. God didn't take a sabbatical during 2018. God wasn't preoccupied with weeding the garden. And Marian's had some hard times. But God's in it, and God's bigger, and God is good. Let's, let's direct our attention to see God things. Let's understand that God has placed us right where we are, on our journey, and he's put people around us that he wants us to minister to. We've got to look for them. We've got to look for them. And then on our journey, we are ahead of somebody. We need to turn around, become aware of them, and readjust our lives to minister to them. It may be somebody who used to be up here, but they hit a real bump in the road. And now they're back here. We don't condemn them. We don't criticize them. We love them. But if we don't turn around, I'm just going to get through this. I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to make sure that they do what I want to do at church. I'm going to make sure that what I think is right. Turn around. Turn around. Turn around. You see, if we don't turn around, if we don't look around, if we don't look for, we're never going to be what God wants us to be, individually or collectively as a church. And God has great plans for Berean Church. This is his bride. He has put us right here, right now, to represent him. Let's be about that. Father, thank you for your word, for its challenge. Oh, Lord, we want to live like that. We want to think like that. It's hard. Oh. Thank you for your patience. Help us to be the people that you've called us to be. Help us to see the people that you want us to minister to. Help us to be concerned about the people behind us. And Lord, in this whole process, Help us to see you. I saw the Lord seated on his throne, exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple with glory. And the whole earth was filled. And the whole earth was filled. And the whole earth was filled with his glory. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord. Sing it with me.
holy, 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 holy is the Lord. That's our God. And He is at work here in your life and mine, and He wants to do incredible things. Let's get in step with Him, huh? Lord bless you.